You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 721 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. We've got a special show this week highlighting international competitors declared for the chance to compete at the Pan Am Games. First, we're speaking with Lori Bell from Canada and then Louis Denizard, hoping to represent Puerto Rico. Louis will stick around for a trainer tip about halts. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. How are you? Uh, I'm doing really well. Um, the weather is beautiful. The days are long. I mean, this is this is heaven to this me, is, you know. Yeah. This is prime Phil season, everybody. He is not <laughs> grumpy, Phil. I yeah. love it. I love it when he's doing great and he's not grumpy, Phil. Everybody who <laughs> listens to the show knows I make fun of Phil right around November. He yeah, becomes when time grumpy change now. happens and it's Ooh. cold or cold grumpy. and or wet and the days are so short. And <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be grumpy. I don't disagree. It's and there's I'm no horse shows up you. here. And yeah, it's it's a problem for a, a person that has to be outside yes, for, for sure. many hours of the day. And uh, <laughs> it, it's easier when the day, you know, the sun is out and the weather is nice. And, you know, it's just makes a real difference to me on a day-to-day basis so i know I and i, I, just, I love it when you're so happy and you're not grumpy phil it makes me so happy and of course you know that's why i you know tease you a little bit but not too much because then he gets really grumpy so <laughs> i'm glad you're in such a good mood it's been a stressful day for me because everybody if you don't know i am not a computer person like i need everything to work i get super anxious when there's computer problems. So shout out to my husband, Travis, who rescued my computer died this afternoon. Like I had, I was working, I was doing some computer work. It like, it's been a little bit funny and oh, it's sad. It, it just, isn't, sad. He, isn't he a like, CEO of a tech company? That, that's, that's what I think is the funniest part about <laughs> Reese is that she is uh tech challenge, but she's married to a guy who is the opposite of that, a tech expert. So anyways, yeah. And, and it's kind of like, you know, when I tease Grumpy felt a lot of times my husband teases me about my lack of computer knowledge. Like I try, I mean, that's why I do, I try to stay up on computer knowledge. Um, but Phil and Paul on the show really, you know, take to do all of it. I don't do any computer stuff, but I really, I have, I have my computer and I, I, it's very me. Like I know exactly how to get on and do what I need to do. Well, it died and everybody, it was almost re-smell town time. Like my husband jumped right in because he knew I was I was there. Yeah, <laughs> I was I right on yeah. the edge. I mean, I was about ready to get the shots down. I was so upset and I was pa- panicked. And and Trav and Paul took care of it, so they got the MVP of the show because it was it was the situation. But my husband just grabbed. He has extra computers. He described it. I don't really know how to use this thing, but it's fine. It's going well. We have actually had a pretty good. Uh, computer night since then and uh but yeah definitely meltdown city but it, we're good so i i was sweating earlier but we're good we're back at it and uh we've had a pretty good training week um 
I was able to uh, actually go to Wyoming last week. Uh, we recorded a little bit early and, and I was able to go uh, visit a client in Wyoming at her farm there. A uh, shout out to a- anybody in Wyoming. And I actually flew into Billings, Montana. Um, so shout out if you ever want me to come, let me know. I, I, I'll probably go out again next year. And it was really fun. Uh, what an amazing adventure. Um, so I, I've not spent a lot of time out West and, uh, just driving that drive, um, is stunning. So it was really fun. I did have a moment, Phil, that I knew you would laugh at driving along and, you know, the speed limit's 80. So of course I was not going 80. I was going significantly faster than that. Uh, and within, I was just around, right around 90. So I'm cruising and I'm driving, I'm looking at the scenery and it's definitely big sky country. There's like one car, you know, there's no cars anywhere. And I drive and I'm like, chain changing station. I'm like, what is that? And <laughs> it's where you have to put chains on your tires because of the snow. The, the and I had to laugh. Yeah. I, I forgot to text Phil and like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't understand that type of weather. But uh, yeah, I did see it. And, and what a, an amazing country. And uh, it was really fun to go out there. So um, definitely a fun adventure for me and, and all my horses were doing really well. It was a beautiful facility. So it was a lot of fun. So I was on a grand adventure last weekend and my girls here at the farm kept, kept things churning and the horses, they did some hill work. I think they were actually happy to see me when I came back. They were like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I told the girls, I was like, it is hill work time. And, uh, they did a great job with them. So it's nice to be back. And, uh, it was a fun adventure. So shout out to, to our listeners out in that area. Uh, it's beautiful country. Well, Phil, it's actually been about a week and a half since we recorded because we recorded early last week and, and got back on our normal schedule. So I haven't talked to you in, let's say, 10 days. So we need a baby update. What's going on with our babies? Uh, Phoebe and Geo. Um, well, I'm like, this is our weekly update, guys. I love it. I want to know what's going on with our babies. Like, what's going on? We need to, we're going to need some pictures. Well, the, the the last time uh, I said we were thinking about getting, I was thinking about getting my friend on to get. So that's done. So oh, both, <gasps> we yeah, have had a rider up. This is so exciting. See, we're in this, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah they're they're actually started uh, with the with the rider last year. Yeah. Okay. You know, I I like to I like to do it in the summer of their two year old year. So that was like September. Um, and I said, okay, you know, I was, you know, getting them used to the tack and, and whatever. And then um, I had this rider up last year, but no, but now now we're doing it seriously. Now so, we're getting serious. Now it's yeah. serious. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's been nothing but successful. Um, G- Geo is actually the calmer horse, which is normal. I think it's normal for gelding to be a little bit uh, steadier. You know, at least in the beginning, yeah. because I, I think the geldings, they don't even know what's going on. So they're kind of like, <laughs> oh, OK, you know, and then OK. And then my horse, Phoebe, is a, is a filly and uh, and she's a little more aware of what's happening, a little bit more suspicious of what this is going to lead to. Yeah, so she's smart. Uh, she's a girl, let's be real. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Girl power. Yeah, gr- <laughs> girls are a little bit smarter, um, at least in the beginning. <laughs> At, least at, the, at this so, age, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. At this stage, so 
Um, but she's been also very good. You know, the, the, the issue is that you have to, you have to read the horses individually, right? Like right. if a horse is showing you the signs that they're not happy and then you can't, you can't expect things to go smoothly. Right. So if they're, Thank if they're looking nervous or, or something like that, uh, a big thing for me, is like the mouth, the mouth tells the whole story of, you know, whether the horse what, what they're thinking, you know, and, and of course, like the ears and the tail and, and, and all of that. If you're not good at, if you're not good at reading ho- your horse, this is not a good idea to, to be starting them under saddle. So Phoebe's just on the slow track, which is fine with me. We've talked about that. And then, uh, Gio is, a, is a little bit, uh, more ahead of the game. So he's actually kind of walking around, you know, letting the, you know, letting the rider steer a little bit, which is great. And he's just kind of a chill dude. So that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. So for the next week, actually, we're going to a horse show. So they'll, the the babies will be on the back burner for the next week. A little break. Yeah. A little baby break. Yeah. Yeah. They might get done on Monday or Tuesday, but we've got to ship out on Wednesday or Thursday. So Mm -hmm. that's, uh, I mean, that's just how it happens. You have to dedicate, you know, yeah. A lot of time to each of them on each day. You can't, you can't just get like, oh, I've got twenty minutes. I'm gonna just back a horse, you know? Like, yeah, so. no. <laughs> yeah, clear <laughs> right? the so schedule. So if there is a problem, you got to be yeah. able to dedicate. Each horse has their own time, and you know, work through whatever issues will pop up. Because like, well, so that's where we're at. I love, I love it. It's my weekly update. So I love it. Thank you. And I have, I have exciting news. I did sell my uh, young horse that I had. So I'm actually on the hunt again for looking for my next unicorn, which is really cool. Uh, my little guy got a great home and uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's kind of fun and I'll be heading to Europe in a couple of weeks. So that's exciting news for me. So um, should be, should be a fun adventure. So stay tuned. Well, I'm, for I'm going to Europe. Uh, in two weeks too, so I'll meet you there. Yeah, we'll meet you there. Really, we, we didn't talk. We didn't talk at the South people before uh, we got on the show, so that'll be fun. Maybe Phil and I will meet up in the Netherlands. You never know when where he'll see us. Well, fantastic. <laughs> well, we've got a great show for you, and uh, we'll get started right after this break from Kentucky Performance Products. Vitamin E is a powerful antioxidant that supports healthy muscle and nerve function by limiting cellular damage. Green grass is the best source of vitamin E for horses, but most horses don't spend enough time grazing to meet their needs. Hay, grain, and winter pasture provide little to no natural vitamin E. To ensure your horse's vitamin E requirements are met, choose Elevate. Elevate contains a readily available source of natural vitamin E. Elevate is cost-effective and easy to feed. To learn more about Elevate, visit the Kentucky Performance Products website at kppusa.com. Well, tonight we are so happy to have Lori Bell. She's the owner of Horse Haven Farm, an international rider from Canada. Lori, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you for having me. This is awesome. I'm thrilled and I'm really excited to learn more about you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, I'm a dressage rider, obviously. I have declared for the Pan Am Games. This is my second declaration. I started my riding career in jumpers, like all, I think, young kids do, and went to university and was, I think, four months into my first job out of university, and I had a horse, a two-year-old. I'm very addicted to the whole process, so... Um, I, I bought a, a two-year-old and it happened to be an event at an eventing barn and thought, well, that might be fun. 
and in, it then started taking some dressage lessons with a coach that went into the eventing barn and realized I knew absolutely nothing. So by that, by that time, I was 26, and I started taking dressage lessons and never looked back. I, I realized how much um, I could learn and how much fun it actually is. I had no idea. And since then, I've been uh, right solidly into dressage with probably um, until I was about 38, I was working full time and riding and showing two dressage horses. And then at the age of 28, I was fairly burned out in the corporate world and trying to figure out what I could do and thought, well, I have a passion and a skill with horses and I have a skill selling so I branched into um, importing and training and selling horses. And that just progressed. That was, uh, you know, a few years ago. I'm not going to say how many. Um, <laughs> and then I, you know, started my own business and, and went from there. So the one horse I'm currently competing that is declared for the Pan Am Games, I actually bought as a three-year-old um, as a sales project and then realized a couple of years after that that horse was mine. So that's how that came about. So his his name is, his show name is Flirt and uh, he's, he's pretty, yeah, he's pretty special. Can you tell us maybe a little bit about his, his uh, breeding because you bought him as a young horse? Yes. Um, he is uh, bred to the eyeballs as far as dressage horses go his father is florencio and his mother is a donner hall mare um he is full brother to flora scout who is currently a very popular uh, oldenburg stallion in germany that everybody wants to breed to so it's pretty cool that, that they're actually full brothers yeah so i saw him as a three-year-old and uh since i was thinking of uh him as a resale project I realized that he was probably going to be 17 hands and that's not so easy to sell to the amateur market. And he was three. He'd been under saddle a month. So it's not easy to sort of get a feel for them. And I thought, no. And I walked away. Uh, I'm not, I'm not interested in this horse. And my husband who goes with me on all the buying trips has a very good eye. And he said, we need to go back and look at that horse. And I'm saying, no, he's too big. Uh, or he's going to be too big, you know, he's only three, he's so green, and he insisted, so I went back and bought him, so I really have to thank my husband for uh, pushing that. We're blaming him. Yeah, yes, we're blaming him for all of that. I did still try to sell him, and anyway, for a couple of reasons, he didn't sell, and um, I'm sitting in the corner uh, practically in tears thinking, I really don't want to sell this horse. And when he didn't sell, I thought the universe was telling me to keep him. And I'm so glad I did. So, um, isn't that funny? Yeah, we went Lori, from there. I think that, I think that happens a lot of stories and we, and Phil and I are lucky. We get to talk to a lot of riders, but sometimes it's like the feel they don't sell for whatever reason. And you ended up, you end up keeping them. I think you hear that story more often than not. Sometimes like there's a reason you're supposed to have this horse. And yeah, so I love that part of the story. Yes, and and that has actually happened to me before Flirt. I I purchased a, an eight year old. It was going to be my horse, 
and he he went to pre-St. George and wasn't doing so well. And I thought, I'm going to sell this horse. And again, for the dumbest reason, he didn't sell. And he ended up being my first, uh, the first Grand Prix horse that I trained up myself. And I still have him, actually. He's, he's 26 here at home, driving me crazy. Um, <laughs> but again, you know, the universe said, you need to keep this horse. And it, it happens a lot. I, I really listen to, <laughs> I really try to listen when, when it looks like I'm being told something. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fun yeah, thing. I, I, think, I think, you know, as professionals... You know, and and you've run a a very good importing business, and and are good at that. You know, when you're you're sort of left with what what you couldn't sell or what other people didn't want, right? So then you're yeah, uh, quote unquote, for, forced to you know ride ride what you've got or ride what's in your barn. So, I mean, you 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 make an effort and and you just you just do as good as you can. Right. And then all, you know, one day you're, you're going down the center line in Grand Prix. Like that, that seems like, you know, a credit to your character and a credit to the partnerships that you've uh, been able to form with, with these horses and, uh, and have not chosen them in the beginning specifically for yourself. But like I said, you just ride what you got. Yes. And, and it's also a benefit of, bringing these horses in because, you know, I I have a chance to ride them for a while and decide whether or not there's something interesting for me there. And if there isn't, there's always, well, pretty much always there's somebody out there that will love the horse. So it it is kind of fun to be able to ride them and learn from them and then decide, you know, do I keep it? Do I sell it? If I decide to sell it, doesn't mean it's it's a bad horse. It just means yeah. it's not. Yeah, they're a horse. not. They're not reject. I, I think I mean, that. Actually, yeah, I think that. That's uh, you know, important. most of the time, people are selling uh, their best horses, or you know, w- w- what they can, uh, because you can't afford to keep them all. I mean, that's my perspective, yeah. anyways. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And Lori, I think that's a good point too, because um, I think people get nervous when professionals sell horses, and sometimes it's Mm -hmm. just. They're not exactly, I, I just sold a wonderful young horse. Um, he was a great horse, just not exactly my horse. And so for me to keep yeah. them personally, there has to be, there has to be a spark of whatever nature. And, and so I think that's yeah. a really, actually a great way to get horses. Cause if professionals buy them, we buy them for a reason and there's something we really yeah. like about them. And then maybe there's something yeah. Yeah. just even personality. So I think that's actually a really good place to get horses is if professionals are selling them, it's not necessarily they're bad. It's just maybe not your, your size or your type or whatever. Yeah. Or like, like Philip said, you can't keep them all. I mean, I've had horses. I I look back and I think, Oh, geez, I should have kept that one. Um, But I, I couldn't, I couldn't afford it. You know, you can only keep so many. So there's that too. I like to think that I bring decent horses that somebody is going to love, um, whether it's me or somebody else. Most, I would say probably 80 to 90%, probably closer to 90% of the horses that I import are still with the original owner. I'm very careful um, about placing them and making sure that that it's a happy match, you know, um, that's important to me. And I, and I, I, I should someday look at it. I've imported over 70 horses in the last 20 years, and most of them 
other than some went as hunters and they flip them all the time. But the dressage horses, they pretty much keep them for life, which is really awesome in my mind. So I love that. I love it. So Lori, tell us, um, kind of going back to the Pan Am games, cause that's coming up. It's, it seems funny. Mm-hmm. I think cause it's, you know, it seems like normally it's a little earlier in the season and Florida's really like people are qualifying and, and it didn't quite seem like that this year. I, I haven't even heard much on the U S side either about the Pan Ams. I know it's coming up. So kind of, uh, let's, let's bring people back. When are the Pan Am games and what's happening right now in Canada as you guys are sort of qualifying? Yeah, well, they are later than normal. Um, they're in October in Santiago, Chile, which is, uh, their, that's their spring. I think the last Pan Ams were August. It, it sort of depends on what, uh, where they are. Um, mm-hmm. but so that's, that's the thing. Yeah, there was a few people, um, out there showing and qualifying that the classes, the pre-St. George classes in Florida were quite large. That's, sort of normal for a Pan Am year. But I think because we have so much more time to, you know, uh, qualify that it, it wasn't such a big rush push kind of thing. In Canada, we had the fortune and it was fortunate for me because I did not get to show in Florida um, to get any scores uh, and you need minimum for pre-St. George and for Intermediate one scores to qualify. If you show anything more than that, you have a drop score, which is always pretty nice to have. But because I didn't show in Florida, fortunately, we had four CDIs here, which is also unusual. That, that, that yeah, I it is actually a great call. job by the show organizers to you know get that together yeah. because just hosting yeah. uh, you know uh, international competition is is not easy or you know um, expensive. Yeah, Every, and it's expensive. Yeah, and, yeah, and we normally don't have enough CDIs to qualify, which is why everyone has to go to Florida or Europe. Yeah, but fortunately, we did this year, and so uh, we have two left. One in uh, weekend after next, and then one at Bromont first weekend weekend in September, and then after that we'll be told who the team is. So have they told you? Like, is this uh, this is Equine Canada? Have they told you yep. uh, whether they're going to take two Precinct George horses and two Grand Prix horses like they have in the past, or you know what's what will be the makeup of the no, team they, as far as they yeah. just. They will decide that when they see all the scores and see how people have done. We have to take at least one Grand Prix horse in order to qualify for a berth at the Olympics. But then they'll start to look. So, so I, so I now have an opportunity at three spots. So they'll start to look at the marks and say, okay, you know, um, the Grand Prix horses get a percent and a half added onto their score. But do we have a strong enough contingent of Grand Prix horses versus pre-St. George horses? Who's more likely to get a gold or a silver as a team? Because that's what we need to get also to get a berth at the Olympics next year. Yeah, it gets a bit complicated, right? Because when you're trying to... It is. all All they can do is sort of say, well, what what's the, you know... What's the likelihood? Because there's no guarantee. I mean, there's it's horses too. I mean, there's no guarantees that... 
Um, yeah. They'll get the scores, even if they've been, you know, going pretty consistent at, at you know, at pre-St. George and scoring 71 and there's no guarantees. So, yeah. but they're just trying to organize our best chance to qualify for the Olympics because that's, uh, that's a yeah, real. basically. Yeah. Yeah, basically. So, and they're not, they're not currently um, some super strong Grand Prix horses. There's a couple. Uh, but there is some strong pre-St. George horses. So it, who who knows? I mean, the, the other thing is all the declared riders have an ongoing list of where everyone is in terms of scores and everything. Um, so we, we all have a pretty good idea of where we stand. But there's also the top Grand Prix horse will go. After that, it becomes a matter of um, experience, they take all of our vet reports for the last two years, you know, you know experience uh, on a team. Yeah, there's Those a lot of fa- there's a lot of factors in in, in judging, you know, how we gonna have, yeah, how we're going to yeah. have the, the best. I, team I've been told going. I've never seen this in writing, but I've been told sixty percent is marks and forty percent is all that other stuff. Okay, Lori, I think that's an interesting point because um, making a team is a different ball game. Where I think that people have to understand that too, that your country has to look at the whole picture. And I think that's one thing that has to happen. It is on scores, but if a horse is, you know, they don't feel like he can get through the jog or they get to Chile and it becomes uh, that that's part of it when you are are competing for your country. So I think that's a good thing to say. Yeah. And the consistency, you know, how consistent have they been with their marks? Do they have a 73 and then a 68, you know, as opposed to being more consistent? That's another thing that's really important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So will they send a Grand Prix horse as a designated competitor and then uh, a reserve Grand Prix horse if, you know, we have to... We have to have one. So, will they send two? Um, How's that all work? Yeah, I mean that's different every year. But uh, they did not send a reserve to Tokyo because of financial concerns, and there has been no talk about a reserve for 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 this for these games. But that's a smart idea. I mean, if the Grand Prix Mm -hmm. horse ends up not competing then there's no olympic birth right so. right so let, let's let's get into uh, a little bit of a talk about about the finances because i think it, mm-hmm. it was fairly shocking to me that there there's going to be a shortfall to send a team to uh chile this year can you talk a little yeah, bit about when that I heard because it, you know as a person yeah. as a competitor you, you you know you went down to Florida. I mean, there's extreme personal costs, and then it seems like this was a last minute, you know, surprise. We don't have the money to send to send people to uh, to the Pan Am Games. Yes, and uh, it was a big surprise to me, and I was I have to say quite angry at first. You know, uh, what it actually is is a, a budget shortfall for dressage they ec honestly would have been nice to know a little earlier because i i think that they probably did know about this for quite some time so it would have been nice to know a little earlier um but they are working hard to match that sixty thousand ec has already 
gotten twenty five thousand. Um, Wendy Kristoff has has her family foundation is offering to match twenty thousand. So we're really close. Um, as it turns out, and as I understand it, they are sending a team. It would just be nice to have that money in hand before the games. They have until year end to uh, to match their budget, which is March. So it's okay. not as horrifying as you at first thought. Um, right. Once right. I started to understand. And they have EC has hired a consultant to teach them how to fundraise, which they need to, they know they need to do better. We know they need to do better. And, you know, so, so they're doing their part. We as dressage riders also need to do our part. Um, the jumpers and the venters are already diving into various fundraisers. We know the young riders do fundraisers. Dressage has not really done much of anything um we've coasted a bit because uh, you know the para riders were doing well for a while so we we got some money from them the jumper riders were doing well we got some money from them but that nobody's doing well right now so we all have to work to fundraise and and it's just it's just the way it is. Um, well, it seems like it's been this way for, for a long time. Um, it has been, yes. yeah. And who knows how long, really. Right. The general public doesn't know how long this has been going on, but, but it has been going on long enough that it needs to be addressed. Um, and, and, and that's why I want to, you know, work as a unit with EC. We there are national federation and we need to be able to work together in a positive way to make some change and become better at fundraising from every angle. Well, I mean, there, uh, there is money available um, from the Canadian government, but they will only fund sports in which we, in the country is successful at that. They think that they, you know, yes. so, yes. so dressage, Sorry, since since South Korea has not uh, medaled at an Olympics, so that would be our that's our only way to uh, raise money from the government. So that that's a bit of a catch twenty two because you can't be successful without yeah. funding, and you can't get funding without being yeah. successful. So that they, they seem to, uh, I, I don't think that's the way to go. But I mean, they don't have enough to go around for everything. Um, so unless it's yeah hockey or figure skating or, or, you know, some of the, uh, Olympic, uh, the, the winter Olympics, uh, sports, then, uh, then we can't, you know, you, you won't be funded in Canada. So I think that's a bit sad. Yeah. And, uh, it is, know, but, uh, no sport Canada does, does some, we get funding from sport Canada, but you're right. Not nearly as much as we would get if we were more successful on an international basis, the budget for, the Pan Am Games in total for all of this, all of the equestrian disciplines is three hundred and thirty thousand um, dollars, of which some is from Sport Canada, some is from Equestrian Canada, and then there's a shortfall that we have been talking about that we need to. Yeah. Know, so, more. so uh, Laurie, we're happy to have you on tonight because you have started kind of a, a personal. Go, not not personal as in for you specifically, but uh, uh, you know you you started a GoFundMe 
Yeah. So, that's, so, so let's talk yeah. about what, you know, how did that come up? What, how, what was the idea and where, where is that money going? Um, well, we had a, we being the declared riders that were at Paul Gra- the Paul Grave show got together one night and it was more about talking about the future and how do we stop having these shortfalls, you know, uh, but the fact of the matter was that right now we have a shortfall that we need to do something about right away. And Tom Dvorak said he was going to do a, a clinic and all the pre- proceeds would go towards this shortfall. Um, Tina and Jamie Irwin are doing a, a freestyle night, which I'm riding in, and a silent auction to raise some money. And I thought, well, I, I, what I thought was going to be a relatively simple, easy way it was to do a GoFundMe page. Um, it has not been uh, easy. It's been a lot of work, um, especially when it became, it incurred quite a lot of negativity from people and I needed to, you know, cool that down um, or CEC wasn't going to support me at all with the fundraiser. But it, it's, it, it seems to be working fairly well. I think so far we have about $4,200, which seems a drop in a bucket, but it's something and I'm hoping that 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 will. I'm kind of hoping we'll hit five thousand. I, I mean, it, I've, the fundraisers right now set it. Did I change it? I think I changed it to twenty because that's what we need overall. Um, but between myself, the Irwins, and um, Tom, and and maybe other people are going to do a fundraiser. I don't know. I haven't heard of anything at this point. Um, but hopefully, between the three of us, we can at least match that 20,000 that went crystal. Oh, yeah, good good for you, Lori. Awesome. And uh, yeah, I, I don't you. know what the, the negativity w- was about. That doesn't make any sense to me, but yeah, um, yeah good. Well, I, it I wasn't thought, it. and then I sent you a message and I thought, you know, I've got this yes. platform uh, that Reese and I have and, I, and I'm going to use it to get the word out there, right? Yeah. So, Lori, how can we, how can we help? Like, where, where is the GoFundMe page? How do we find the silent auction? Like, give us all some, some information of where we can go to help out with this. Um, you know, again, we don't, we don't have negativity on this show. That's big for Philip and I, um, and we want to help. And, and we both understand, and I hope people listening to this program, like how difficult it is and how financially, um, straining it is when you're competing internationally. Number one, it's incredibly expensive. And, um, you know, some people are lucky to have big sponsors that are able to fund it. And then a lot of people are not. And that's where it gets really, really difficult. I know because I've done it myself, um, how financially draining it is. So um, how can how can we help? How can we find all of the pages? How, how can we get the best um, team to Chile, you know, from Canada, uh, you know, move, moving forward, right? Being being yeah, positive yeah, about it. For sure. Yeah. Um, well, right now you can find everything on my Facebook page. That's predominantly where I've been um, active with this. So if you went to my page, Lori Bell, you would find the links for the GoFundMe for Tom Dvorak's clinic and also for the freestyle fundraiser. Fantastic. Can can anybody send an email or is there any way that people can get a hold of you that way? Yes, they can send an email to lori at horsehavenimports.com. 
Um, if you go to my website, the, the email is there, of course, www.horsehavenimports.com. Yeah, and, and also, I, I just wanted to mention, you know, you mentioned how difficult it is to for us to raise funds. Um, this fundraiser is for the team. And on top of that, then many of us, myself included, have to fundraise for ourselves. So um, that's when we have to go back to the table and say, okay, <laughs> thanks for this. But, you know, um, if I make the team... I have to fundraise. I'm waiting till after I know, and then I'm going to start doing some fundraising. Maybe a, uh, the last time I did a, a talk, I brought in a bunch of people, a vet, a farrier, uh, a sports psychologist, and brought people together to, to and a, a silent auction. I might do something like that again to give people value for their money, not just saying, give me money, but just that, yeah, you know, this is for the team. This is for, to, to balance out EC's shortfall. We all still, most of us have to fundraise on top of that. I do have a wonderful sponsor, Anna Dorizzi. She gives me money every once in a while to, to help me with it. And it's very much appreciated, but it, it, you know, it doesn't, doesn't do what, what we need. Uh, uh, by any stretch so sure sure well fantastic well thank you so much for your time tonight and we wish you all the best and all the fundraising but also the riding as well thank you if you have one or two horses or you have 20 30 or more fly predators will make the difference between heavy infested fly problem or a no-fly zone balding lab fly predators catching these flies before they become an issue well, tonight we have one of our favorite guests back, Lou Denizar. He is freshly back from the Dominican Republic in the Central American Games. Lou, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. I always love doing your show. Well, first of all, tell us about the Central American Games, what it is for people that don't know, and uh, then we want to hear all about your horse and your journey. Very good. Uh, Central American Games are regional games. They're kind of the smaller of the three games that happen in our area. So we, we have Central American games and there's several other groups of countries that have like the Bolivian games and the, you know, South American games and so on. And all of those lead towards the Pan Am games, which will be in Chile, Santiago, Chile this same year. And then that leads to qualifying for a spot or places in the Olympics, which will be Paris next year. Fantastic. So Lou, tell us about your horse. Well, I have a, a horse that I've had for about two years. His name is H. Vortex. He's a Hanoverian branded horse, uh, but he was a Swedish warm blood stallion, approved stallion for a bit. And then uh, I guess uh, it changed his career with that. And then I met him two years ago. And uh, he was about third level when I met him. And I put him through his paces to get to the small tour level and I did a small tour at the Central American Games with him. Fantastic. So so I'm assuming that the the kind of the big one is going to the Pan Am Games here in a, in a few months. Yes, yes, I have to do a little more qualifying to get myself there, but I think we can do it. So Tell us what that means, because I think um, we're, we've actually had a show about talking about getting to the Pan Am Games. So uh, we had a Canadian rider on. So tell us, how do how would you get to the Pan Am Games? Like, what happens now? 
Um, well, you know, um, the, throughout season, if I had done the CDIs, which I didn't feel he was quite ready for the CDIs leading up to the Central American Games, which would have also qualified me for the Pan Am Games, um, I went uh, CDN route, which are uh, smaller shows that have three judges, and that qualified me for the Central American Games. Now, in order to go to the Pan Am Games, I have to do two CDIs, and according to the uh, FEI, we have uh, something called a MER. It's a qualifying score that a minimum qualifying score that the FEI will allow you as whatever nation you represent to go to the game. So ours is 64% at two CDIs will get us the approval to go to the uh, Pan Am games. So Lou, I'm sorry, but I'm going to ask a stupid question, but uh, what, what country do you represent? I represent Puerto Rico because my parents were born there and because Puerto Rico, it's a commonwealth. So therefore it has Olympic autonomy so it can have its own representatives, even though everybody born in Puerto Rico is an American citizen. No, I did not know that. That's cool. So interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's an American, I guess, protectorate, correct? Yes. Yes. And then, but it has its own representation in, in sport. That's, in, that's really cool. Board. Yep. Yeah, I didn't know Correct. that, Lou. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, that's how it all happened. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so then you decided um, that there's a what, was it a CDI held in uh, in Dominican Republic or or you know what, well, what was they, the level they of consi- that competition? They considered that a CDI. I fell a little short of the sixty four percent needed to get one of the scores there. So now I'm on the lookout for CDIs here. On the East Coast, uh, it looks like I'm going to end up trying to go to Bromont in Canada and then Ocala at WEC for the two CDIs that they have. And I'll either achieve my uh, MER or I won't. So, <laughs> Well, and you can visit <laughs> Phil and, and come and visit no, me on your way back home. Bromont. That's not even Perfect. close to where I am. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's I Canada, Phil. Come on, 10, work with 10 me. 10 hours to get to Bromont. I mean, that's work with uh, me, Phil. It's Canada. It's Canada, <laughs> Phil. But so you're you're gonna you're gonna pick up your your trailer and just head north, or how how is that? that the logistics. Well, I'll probably send I'll probably send him commercially. That's a little bit easier, and then I'll uh, fly myself up there and meet him there. I think that's the 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 best option to uh, get him to Bromont, and then uh, commercially send them back home and meet him back down here. So yeah. I mean, it's, it's quite a long journey. That's quite, he's going to be well-traveled by the end of this, yes. isn't he? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yep. And, and as Reese knows, all this trailering back and forth for that many hours is sometimes uh, very wearing on riders and so on. So I'd rather send them commercially. Yes, absolutely. Like it's, and, and it's a long, I mean, from Kentucky yeah. to Florida is a thousand miles. So, you know, I mean, it's, right. it's a very long trip. So Luke, yeah, sure. tell us what are some challenges that you've had now, um, kind of bumping into the small tour? Um, what are some, what are some things that you're working on and that, that you'll make some adjustments after the games? Um, you know, I think, uh, we've got all the pieces. There's things that need to be cleaned up a bit. I unfortunately have a horse that doesn't have uh, the best presentation into the halt. Um, 
both at the beginning and at the end of the test. So it's always the first and last impression. So I have to clean that up. I have to get myself in a, in a much better scoring range there. And then he has a little bit of trouble in his pirouettes. If the pirouette is a little too small for him, he says, Hey, you know what? That's a little bit difficult. So we'll continue to work on those, but um, the rest of the material in the test, I'm pretty confident that uh, he's scoring well enough and that we're in the right ballpark. You know, Lou, I think you just gave everyone one of the best tips you could give them without giving. This isn't a trainer tip yet. We're going to get Lou for that. But <laughs> that's all entrance halt, right? I mean, that's 20 points. I mean, that's oh, a sure. lot of points. Sure. Like you said. To and gain it's or to miss, to right? To gain or to miss, right? right? And it's, yeah. yeah. And it and it sets the tone a little bit for the judge because if it's if that's how you start, then they're already thinking, well, then where is this going to go? So you're kind of digging yourself out of a hole, and you you if you prefer not to be in the hole, I prefer not to be in the hole. Yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> who wants to dig themselves out? Like it's not good to dig yourself out. Like, yeah. no, no. and if you happen to look up on the board and see, you're like, okay, now we're slugging. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Lou, this is going to be a, a tricky schedule. Kind of what what happens now? Like, when are these CDIs? Because uh, the Pan Am Games are in October, right? So I'm assuming these are going to happen pretty quickly. Yeah, they are. Um, they're in October. What's going to happen is is that uh, there really isn't any CDIs between when the horses landed. I mean, when the horses landed from the Dominican Republic, which was last uh, Monday, they had to stay in a seven day quarantine in Miami before they were released. So there were, uh, you know, there were some CDIs that you just couldn't do. We couldn't land and immediately go to a CDI. So we're pretty much stuck with two CDIs that happen three weeks apart in September. And they have to be, uh, the MERS have to be fulfilled before September 24th, because then that gives you time to submit the rider to the Pan Am Games, which is, you know, in October. So that's kind of a really tight schedule. Yeah. 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 But sometimes it happens like that. And I think that's what's interesting to to look at as we're kind of talking about all the countries, right? That it's a little bit later than um, normally. I think the Pan Ams are in August. Uh, So it is a little later cycle for everybody. Um, So you you do have a little bit more time for horses that were maybe younger um, for this year. But I think it it all. This is all about the, you know, the Tokyo Olympics being postponed. So basically, there's never a Central American Games in the same year as a Pan Am. But because Tokyo pushed everything forward, then the Centrals got pushed to the same year as Pan Ams. So that's kind of, yeah. That was the that's uh, the that culprit. Was the, the fallout from yeah. <laughs> yeah. Interesting yeah. that we're yeah. still doing that. Yeah, that we're still doing that. That's very interesting. Well, I mean, that's the thing is international sport becomes a whole different ball game. Um, and as sure. you're trying to qualify for things, I mean, it's very much um, there's a, absolutely a strategy that comes into all of it, and 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 having horses and having horses ready and and all right. of those things. That's amazing. Right. Well. Yeah. Lou, we wish you all the best of luck, right? I'm going to be cheering you on. We all here at the Horse Radio Network are going to be cheering you on on your journey. And I uh, can't wait to see you go. If people want to follow you on your journey, how can they do that? Um, usually, uh, you know, they can friend me on Facebook. I uh, I tend to do it on Facebook because so many of my friends are on there and they can follow along. And I love to bring them along in the journey rather than individually texting everybody and so on and so forth. So I enjoy that part. But they can... Uh, they can follow there. 
or they can also use my website, uh, DelanteDressage.com. That will um, sometimes have some of the stuff on there so then to follow along. Fantastic. Well, I follow you, follow along and I loved it. I love your journey and I loved watching you through the whole entire process. So I can't wait to follow you on the rest of the summer. Thank you so much, Lou, and good luck. Thank you. As horse owners, we spend a lot of time on the road. Let U.S. Rider help keep you covered. Our equestrian motor plan offers fast, reliable nationwide service from our highly trained roadside assistance team. 24-7 coverage for both you and your horse. Membership includes horse trailer servicing, towing, flat tire repair, even on dual wheels, battery assistance, and lockout service on any vehicle in your plan. We also have your equine companions covered with referrals for emergency vet services, barrier referrals, and emergency stabling assistance. Get peace of mind on the road for you and your horse. Join U.S. Rider today. For this week's trainer tip, we have Lou Denizard. He represents Puerto Rico, and we asked him to stay on because if you just listened to his last interview, he was saying how he needed to improve his halts. So we put him right on the spot, and Lou, we're glad you stayed on with us, and we want to hear what are you doing to help your entry and exit halts? Uh, well, my, my horse tends to uh, kind of bail on it a bit, and sometimes on the forehand and sometimes just trots through it until he finally comes to the halt, especially in the small tour where you have to enter in the canter. So what I try to really work on is really changing the pace of my canter from forward to collected to forward again, then back to collected and, and then collect them enough to bring him into a halt. And I think that the strength that it takes for them to be able to go forward and come back is really what he has to understand. So he can shift the weight onto his hind legs and, do it gracefully, which is what we hope he will always do. Yeah. Have it like a land, like a snowflake, right? Not like yes. a ton of bread. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But Lou, I think this, this is really, this is something that I think a lot of us work on, right? Especially uh, right. my event horses specifically, because yeah. you know, it's a small arena. And I mean, by this time in the season, they know they're going to halt a G, you know? So, you it. um, yeah. it is difficult. Right. And I think, yeah. um, yeah. so a lot of people can do that. So I think, you know, like you said, changing the tempo, um, also sometimes just trotting up the center line and maybe doing a walk trot transition yeah. is another thing Absolutely. that we do. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think we're, I, I'm in Florida. So, you know, I, most of the places down here, if they have a covered or an outdoor ring, they only have the little tiny border. But if yes. you're up in New England or up in, you know, other parts where you guys have indoor arenas then you have walls and you can also use a wall to help you tell the horse, you know, back off and, and wait. Yeah? And so that's not something that I would be shy against, but I have no walls in Florida that help me do right. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I, mean, again, uh, I was just thinking about uh, my own horses and and that transition from third level to fourth level where they have to enter, in, you know, in in yeah. the in the canter and make that halt and right. and you know as as I'm starting to think about fourth level, I'm already doing these, you know, canter big to generate yeah. enough energy, and then you try got to try to make that big canter small and light, you yeah. know, like Reese said, like you know, on the spot. 
Right. Uh, right. You know, and even even if they're leaning against the wall, like I, I tend to do it in shoulder in before I try to do it, you know, kind of straight and get all four legs lined up because that can that can help the horse to think about taking more weight on his hind legs and, uh, you know, and doing it right and then left and then right again, you know, before I start, right. just, you know, doing doing, you know, you, it, dressage is progressive. Right. You know, we know that. Correct. So correct. Yeah. You know, no, I'm total agreement with you. Yeah, what's the best way to progress towards a nice straight halt to, uh, you know, at X? Well, I mean, it takes a lot of steps to get there, right? Yeah. You know, you got to start right. first, right. Uh, you know, from from the beginning, you got to start and walk. Can you generate shorter, quicker steps? Can you collect the horse in each of the gates before you start? Yeah, yeah doing doing encounter because uh, it's it's hard. It's hard. It and the horses want to get wiggly and they want to get slow and they want to. You know, they they want to just plow through your hand, like all those things. So, I right, mean, you gotta right. you gotta work at it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sure. And then you know, you really you you can't let them. You know, want you can't want to stop them so strongly that they then back up because then you open a whole another can of worms. So it's always about trying to always feel like it's bringing it, as you said, like, like a snowflake landing into a forward feeling. So that I've always thought that halting is not a a permanent state of being it's in preparation to move on yes yeah right yeah i always i always tell my students like don't grow roots at x you know like <laughs> yeah, that's right horse can't just <laughs> learn right. that they stand at x you know and they're they're, they're on a break right they're i mean yeah. do yeah, yeah do the halts at you know at all the letters i mean x is great because you right. have to do right. it in the test but uh, that doesn't mean in the, in the daily training that you have to do it at a certain spot perfect yep correct yeah, yeah. And then also with the move off, I mean, I think a lot of people struggle with that as well, right? You've, okay, right. like you said, don't grow roots, but a lot of people, right. it's it's a, a negative thing. So th right. the next thing, you know, you just really need to trot off. And in, in the small right. tour specifically, you really, well, any any time really, you need to kind of right. show the judges you're there. there you're there to play. You know, that's your ring. Right. Um, right, right. And so I actually love it. One of my students goes, three, two, one, blast off. <laughs> And yeah. I love it because it's it's a positive thing, and it's like okay, Absolutely. let's go. You know? And so that's that's one thing that I love, and and that always makes me makes me kind of chuckle. But I like that idea. I like that forward, like come on, let's go. Um, so you also have to practice that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, Lou, thank you so much for your time tonight. How can our listeners continue to follow in you online? You do a great job, and and we always love your tips. Um, well, you're welcome to follow me on Facebook, uh, Louis Ritzegas Denizard, um, or to follow my website, which is DelanteDressage.com. Fantastic. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you guys, as always. Well, everybody, don't forget to send us email and Facebook shout outs. We love them. Keep them coming. And I'm going to nudge Phil for some pictures of those babies to put on our Facebook page so you can follow along with their journey as well. You can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our page at horseradionetwork.com. Search Dressage Radio Show. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is probably through Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show. That's Kentucky Performance Products. If you'd like to support our show and the Horse Radio Network, you can do that through the auditor program for found at horseradionetwork.com.
Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we look forward to talking with you next week. Thank you.